What are you drinking there? Um, I had two Stellas in the fridge. So you have them both in front of you now, I assume? Mm-hmm. Double fisting it? Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. What are you drinking? Some eggnog with a little bit of uh, spiced rum in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That weird Kraken spice rum. That was season. the strongest stuff I could find. Mm, Kraken's okay. I just wanted a high proof, that's all. Couldn't find any 151. I was going to say, isn't that your go-to? I think you have to go to like a BevMo or something to get that. Huh. All right. Well, you ready to start the podcast? Mm Mm-hmm. I am Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome to Headcanon. We are really back back now, back on a regular weekly schedule. For reals back. Hope to have one of these out every week. Excluding maybe like holidays. Um, mm-hmm. So as we are back, I understand that we have some follow up. Uh, we talked about a month or so ago about the Taylor Swift video and we received yeah. a long email about it explaining all this stuff to us uh, in that video that we didn't understand. Which, uh, damn, Kendra, damn. This is like a uh, 5,000 word tome. This is like the, this is like her like, 33 and a third pitch on uh, T-Swift, and I love it. Um, I, I don't know where to begin. I almost want to publish this online somewhere or have Kendra do it because, I mean, she's basically just, it's like the Cliff Notes to that T-Swift video. Um, all the way down to, like, like the subtle mocking of, like, Hiddle Swift in the video. Well, hit us up with some of it. Um, let's see. Tilted Stage is, like, somehow a reference to uh, Kanye West tour um the zombie dress is the same dress that that t-swift wore to an out of the woods the out of the woods video um so she's saying that her character in that video is now dead or something or i guess the old taylor is dead yeah with all the, going right now with all the various uh uh t-swift showing up i mean she even points out all the places there's snakes and like the birdcage slash wrecking ball Taylor with the snake tattoo. Um, <laughs> even there's some editorial too, like uh, motorcycle studded Taylor, like Freddie Mercury Taylor is like the uh, the weakest part. It's like the desperate pop trying to be hard look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. Has she put out another video yet, or is that the only one? I don't think there is a video for the one after it. I don't think so. I mean, that's, that one kind of dropped really quick after this first one. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this email from Kendra, it's interesting to read about all the little, like, Easter eggs and whatnot. I still don't necessarily think that makes it a good video. Um, I kind of stand by my original thoughts as far as that goes. But I just, um, I hope that the majority of uh, the TSPA fans, like, look at all the various deep meaning the way that uh, that way that Kendra does, the way she picked up so much, um, yeah, it's awesome. All right. Do we have other follow up? I can't remember. Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, not unless you can think of anything. Go to the Patreon. No, I don't know. I don't have any follow up. Um, what were we gonna make this about one time? Yeah, I remember you wanted to do a whole episode about the brown sound, right? Or the brown note. The brown note. Yeah, this isn't the episode for that, but. Okay. 
<laughs> you're waiting for the right moment. Yes, much like the brown note, you have to wait for the right moment. <laughs> Everyone downloads a podcast thing, and it's just those two dumb guys saying those dumb things, and all of a sudden they're shitting themselves. <laughs> I did want to bring something up that actually reminds me. Kind oh, okay. of. Not, not anything to do with the brown note. Uh, Segway away. I didn't want to mention this on Twitter for reasons that will become clear. Um, but I I don't know. If this person is following me here, what can I do? So I got followed recently on Twitter by a PI. And I just don't know what to make of it. This person, they don't follow like the bros account or headcanon account or you. Like It doesn't seem like they're following for podcasting reasons. So what the fuck? Hmm. So what are your theories? Because... I'm sure those are good. The only thing I can think is that someone's maybe trying to figure out who I am. So I was wondering how does this uh, how does this build into the persona of Benjamin Light that you <laughs> have been cultivating, the mysterious persona? Is this I, like a a lovelorn listener? Is that what have, you're saying? No, I have no idea. I am. Like, are they trying to recruit you because you're just that elite? No, I don't think I've pissed anyone off recently that I'm aware of. Um, it was okay. just really weird. Like out of nowhere, like I just get like a little notification because I get Twitter for notifications if anyone with like over a thousand followers follows me. Okay. And so this person did, or maybe it's because they're verified. I can't remember why, but for some reason I got a notification about them, and I'm like, huh. Like, why are they following me? Why don't you tell us who it is and then send the Benjamin Light army to go investigate them? Get some real wisdom of the crowd bullshit. I don't know if that would be productive. Okay. I'm not sure. Or, see, do they still follow me? Yep, they're still there. Okay. Did you follow them back? No. Maybe you should. Based on you, should follow them, you should follow them back. You should DM them just one word. Assume. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I was at a Starbucks like a week ago and this guy sat down across from me because like, you know, it was getting kind of full there. And he like after I was getting ready to leave, he like found a way to strike up a conversation, like asking about my headphones and like asked me for help with his iPad. And I'm like, are you trying to like get my fingerprint on your iPad or something? I don't know. I'm very paranoid right now. Did you say that to him? No. Okay. But this guy was just like he was like middle aged, grossly out of shape wheezing like he was exactly what i could imagine like a pi being you know like he never he, he never he suspect takes, him therefore he should he takes off his fake mustache and he's like i'm gene parmesan mm -hmm. <laughs> but why would a pi follow you i don't know it's very strange they follow 1700 people it looks like Ooh, who else do they follow uh i don't know all sorts of random people like they don't follow you they don't follow the bros count very strange but if, if you follow me on Twitter, it shouldn't be too hard for you to figure out who this person is. Uh, I didn't want to tweet about it just because I felt like that would get their attention. Maybe this will too. I don't know. Yeah, that that might. Mm -hmm. You're going to like, what's the like embarrassing like death you think you'll have after this? Um, Like we'll find you in an alleyway with like your wiener in your mouth or something. Is that embarrassing? Well, it's not super dignified. No. Embarrassing would be like you trip down your own stairs or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Anyhow, I'm paranoid now. Someone, someone's trying to figure out who is Benjamin Light. 
Hmm. What is this uh, link on their thing to? Does it go to like a uh, a homepage? Yeah, take, they have like a website. Did you like browse through it? I took a look at it. Hmm. I don't know. If you're all out there, there, all their links are super interesting. Are if you're out there and you've uh, hired a PI to investigate me, let me know. I mean, and I know that's it's kind of partially the uh, the mystique you're trying to put out there for people. Um, but like, it's not a bad opening salvo, like in a courtship ritual. I just got your attention. Why, I just don't know why they would fire me. It, it's it's they're following me. It's it's so blatant. I guess you know you would think that like if a PI was going to follow you for nefarious purposes, they would do so subtly. You know, I like that they have like a fake seal as their uh, their photo. Yeah, maybe this person's just a real big fan of uh, the podcast or something. I don't know, but not of Bros Watch PLL. Uh, yeah, that's what's weird that they only follow me. That's that that got my hackles up. What if this is uh like what if what if what's his name from PLL was like based on a real character? What's his name from PLL? Uh, yeah, yeah, Toby. The, no, no, yeah. We all know Toby's based on a real character. <laughs> I've hired a PI to come after you. There's nothing you funny about what bitch. happened to the real Toby. But uh, no, uh, uh, Spencer's PI. Spencer's Skip Tracer. Oh, um, Miles Corwin. Miles Corwin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still got it. Should we talk about how there's like four other shows now or something that Marlene just got green-lighted? Good for her. Another show, a different show with Shay Mitchell, The Heiresses. Also based on a Sarah Shepard book series. Which is very odd, um, but sure, whatever. And then some like random show with a dude from Vampire Diaries, which okay. I just I'm starting to wonder if this is like like a band trying to get out of the record contract or something. Just like how many shows can she get greenlit at once, just to like burn through her development deal? Well, and then and then what? Like, what's the time suck on you personally? Like developing a show that will go nowhere. Well, I don't know if it's her doing or like the network's doing, I guess I should say, or, you know, whoever her, de- her development deal is with. I feel like the, that in itself is a plot for a TV show where you're like, I'm a producer trying to get out of my contracts. So all I do is develop the most asinine, banal, generic shows and they keep getting greenlit <laughs> and then they become ratings hits. Yes, I created Grey's Anatomy. Burn. All right. Well, uh, speaking of television, do you wanna... like? I mean, does what? like the guy who creates Young Sheldon does like he go out in public? Does he show his face? Isn't that like that Chuck Lorre dude? Yeah, unfortunately it is. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, but speaking of television, Mister mm-hmm. Robot is back. I understand that you watched that episode. You want to talk? I understand about it. that you watched it as well. I did. Okay. Uh, season two, I had my frustrations with. Mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. what did you think about? Season three, episode one. Yeah. You got to give me a little more than that. No, I feel like this is just a vehicle for you to give me your opinions. <laughs> Not really. I, actually, I, we, I think we would actually love to hear your opinions some of the time. I, I don't think I disliked it, but I wasn't really crazy about it. I feel like there was a lot of uh, like BD Wong's just like, you know how this thing on the plot happened? Well, maybe it happened for a reason. <laughs> he like winks at the audience. Um, I just don't think it was like super strong. 
as an opener to the season. It's like, okay, Angela's obviously dark and mysterious and working for White Rose. The uh, Bobby Carnival guy is just super idiosyncratic. How did his sister get out of FBI custody? Is how is that not like super shady? Like, like a, I kept I, waiting for something to come from that the whole hour. I never rewatched that last season, so you know it'd been a little while. And I'm like, they she was still in custody at the end of that last episode, was she not? I couldn't recall for sure, but they let her see the big board, and now she's just running free, I guess. Well, and the, the FBI agent was just like, Haha, by the way, we know pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Even though we've seemed pretty incompetent all season. Nope. I mean, I uh, thought it was fine. It was less inscrutable. I, didn't, I haven't gone to look at any of the Reddit forums. Like, for all I know, there's some crazy new theory about the season that I'm unaware of. But it didn't seem like it was trying to blow you over some massive mystery where they're going to like pull the carpet out from underneath you at any point. You know, It seems like they're playing it more straight. I mean, the element that I liked, I didn't really necessarily like the execution per se, but I liked the idea of other people now having to interact with Mr. Robot. And and just the idea of like, oh, how did you know it was me and not him? So um, it you in the eye. Well, it's like, no shit. <laughs> Elliot's the most like uncomfortable, awkward, but like betrayer of social norms ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no and Mr. Shit. Robot's Christian Slater. Yeah, you can kind of tell the difference. Do you think there really is some sort of crazy time travel business or something happening? Um, all the the Back to the Future theories and whatnot. So, what are those? I know that they were out there, but I never really dipped my toe in them. As far as I know, without like diving into like a Reddit hole, it's like Back to the Future is his favorite movie. He's like obsessed right. with eighties culture. Um, mm-hmm all this stuff about the Washington township power plant thing. You know, you saw the insides of it in this episode, some sort of weird looking future tech. It's like, like white rose is like building a time machine or something like that. I was going to say like, uh, shouldn't white rose and, and all of them be like Libyans instead. Yeah. <laughs> well, if, if they suddenly introduce some Libyans, I think we'll know where it's going. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm I feel better about this I guess than I I watched I remember because the season two premiere was like extra long mm-hmm. and I remember watching and thinking I like this but my god it's up its own ass right now and this did not feel up its own ass to me this felt like a more grounded TV show that's actually like just trying to tell a story so the only like the season two premiere the only elongated scene I liked of course was the uh, take me home you know with the money and, and Genesis yeah. and and all that stuff. I like that guy too. I like a lot of the uh, nefarious ecor executives they have. They gotta bring back uh, Terry Colby. Ty- <laughs> oh shit! What did I see him in? And I can't not see him as Terry Colby. I know what you mean. I can't think of it, but yeah, he's also got that goofy little voice. Like it's almost like a Muppet who's been smoking a lot of cigarettes. So it's like, super noticeable when he's just like, "Why don't you suck my dick?" You know. <laughs> Okay, Bruce Altman. He's in Fifty Shades Darker. That's probably That's what we right. saw him. In. <laughs> That's right. But there was something more recently. But yeah, that. Oh, he's in. Uh, um, he's in the very beginning of uh, Ozark. Ozark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like um, when uh, Jason Bateman is copiously watching the sex tape of, ter- of Terry. What's his name? Bruce Altman, Terry Colby, mm-hmm. just like 
giving it to Laura, Laura Linney from behind. Seriously? Yeah. I don't know if I can get on board with that show. It's, eh. That's your, like your new uh, opinion on like stuff you're not into. is just, eh. You know what? I don't want to tell you. I, I, I watch all 10 episodes in, uh, in four days. It's a very cold show. I enjoyed it. Afterwards, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. It, it reminded me a lot of like Breaking Bad, but if, if most of the people were pretty competent. I I don't know. I'm I can only handle Jason Bateman, I think, in small doses. Hmm. Like I don't know if I could handle him without the arrested development cast around him. He's still like sure. I, I feel like I have like residual like creep factor from his character in uh, Juno. Totally reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um and he directs like four episodes of the show, which I thought was really weird. I think he's trying to move more into that space. Sure. Taking the, the Chad Lowe route. Yeah. The maestro. Mm-hmm. Maestro. Um, and I like, what's his name? Price from Mr. Robot 2. Like, I like all the weird monologue. Oh, I, c- I couldn't stand Price. Every time oh. he was on screen season two, I was just like, this is what Sam Esmail thinks like a rich person talks like or something. He was just <laughs> ridiculous. Hey, he's cool with White Rose. White Rose is cool with him. So, I mean, I, I would take him over like Tyrell Wellick any day. Yeah, I can't stand Tyrell Wellick. Not at all. Um, but yeah, like when you're talking to the the scene you liked where the dude like sets all the money on fire to take me home. Mm. That was a good scene and a good buildup. But I felt like almost every scene of season two was trying to be that scene. Mm. Like multiple times an episode, you'd have these really long scenes that it's like they're building up to some sort of cathartic release. And after a while, it just got exhausting. Well, it was like it was like Esmail who's like, I just binged like Parallax View and Clute and all these like 70s paranoia movies. And I'm just going to let the camera run and like go for tension, like single take tension mm-hmm. uh, or just lots of almost Kubrick S shots. Like the last shot of season two, the post credits thing. It's like who is the one who shows up at the end? Is I I know like a dude shows up at the end and it doesn't look. It's good the it. it's the dude from the prison. The the guy okay, who loves right. himself. Okay, that I was like, ah, who was that? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll be seeing them again, but who knows? Yeah, it was like some sort of weird Trenton, like ninja assassin or something. Trenton and Mobley was that their names? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, R.I.P. Mobley. So he was a dude, right? <laughs> DJ Mobley. DJ, yeah, DJ Mobley. Yeah. But I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm excited to have the show back. I'm hopeful. It seems like it's cooled off a little, like the buzz on that show. Like the show just kind of came out suddenly. Well, yeah, like season wasn't three, quite like an event. not a not a lot of hype. I felt like, yeah. Hmm. Anyway. That was a new show I watched, except for Mind Hunters, but I don't really have much to say about that show. Do you watch more than just the beginning of season or episode two? No, I've watched like an episode and a third of an episode. That's it. Okay. Do you feel like the uh, ginormous like Chiron of like the location felt out of place with that show? A little. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they're going for there. It's like they, they wanted to do it before another show or movie does it. But I was like, this kind of seems contrary to the fincherness of it. Yeah, it doesn't seem to really tie into like any theme or anything. Yeah, I mean, all I got to say about 
the main character from Mindhunter is that he watches a pretty grisly hostage negotiation go wrong. So he comes back to his apartment and drinks a thing of milk. He has no instincts at all. Like I've never seen a character on screen with less of a, a vibe for like a, a way of reading the room. You know, like he has yeah. no idea what's going on at any point. No guile, not a lot of, uh, not, it's not charisma. Not a lot of like chemistry with, anyone else including his very intriguing girlfriend who i don't know how you work her into the show other than just being his girlfriend as it's set up now yeah i mean it's not like he's going to rely on her like sociology majorness too much i would think not unless something changes from what we've seen so far yeah all right well what do we have to discuss here do you want to talk about blade runner i know you've got some thoughts on this he said you wanted to see it again yeah that's pretty much my thoughts there's an atmosphere that, to that that's movie. It, your I thoughts enjoyed. on Blade Runner that you that's, want to see it again. That's my review. That's uh makes for great podcasting. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thoughts on Blade Runner? You go first. Uh, so when did you see the original? I think I rented it in like maybe freshman or sophomore year of high school. Not, okay. Not I, the director's cut, the original. Because yeah. there was, I don't think there was there a director's cut. At there that was, point? there was at that time. Yeah. Okay. I saw, I think maybe when I was a senior and it was one of those movies that I, I think I had spent my whole life being told I should love this movie or I should see it or it's wonderful. I mean, it's a favorite reference of uh, film dorks everywhere, including Sam Esmail. <laughs> I mean, sure. Sci-fi noir. Okay. I, I should be on board for that. I'm, I had that chemical makeup. Um, I remember rending it, laying on my bed in high school, after school, watching it one day and just really being bored. Uh, like I would see the little details that I like were the details that everyone liked. I just didn't like them as much. I mean, I liked the look of, of 2019 LA. Uh, so like, uh, a sequel really didn't mean a whole lot to me. I just thought it was going to be terrible. I had I had very little hello expectations going into this. I liked you know Denny Venu. Uh, there's a great podcast uh, of either now, DJ. Now you call him Denny, huh? Well, because the podcast with Ryan Johnson through um, the DGA, where Ryan Johnson interviews him, they uh, pronounce his French name as Denny Venu. Okay. And so I feel like I've butchered his name a thousand times. I'm trying to get it right, which is a it's a great interview with Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson has a much more twangy voice than I remembered. Um, there's a funny little bit where, where Villeneuve is talking about how it's hard to work on a movie that you couldn't really talk about. And Ryan Johnson, like, I have no idea what that's like. Um, but yeah, I just, I went in very low expectations to this two hour and 45 minute movie. And I, I just enjoyed its vibe for the most part. I enjoyed that it took its time and it didn't explain a lot. Um, I think a lot of it was unnecessary, like, uh, the casting of Jared Leto, but I don't know. There's little details that I, I guess I'm still trying to figure out why I like them. So hence, I want to see it again. Okay. Yeah. Leto's character. I don't, I just don't know what we're supposed to make of him. It, it was, it felt just more like Jared Leto being weird. Mm-hmm. It didn't, didn't feel like it necessarily fit the rest of the movie. Yeah. No script as usual. He's just showing up being himself. Yeah, Villeneuve, by the way, he's uh, he's Canadian. So like I should point that out. He's not Is he Canadian? Canadian? Yeah. Oh well. From Quebec, but still. Oh. <laughs> a little this, a little that. Mm-hmm. Um 
yeah, I like Jared Leto was just like so unnecessarily villainous or attempted to be in the fucking religioso speeches. There's no bad angels in my heaven. What was the deal with the weird little like floating fish things that followed him around? It, I don't it know. It seemed that... like they like at any moment something was going to happen with them and they just never did. I don't know if they ever did anything because I only noticed it a few times. You're talking about like when he's like actually walking on the streets and stuff? No, no. I mean, Leto's character. Oh, he like oh, puts oh, that oh, weird oh, microchip think... on his neck and like those things are fl- floating around. I think him. that I don't know why they're on his neck, but I think they're stimulating some kind of visual response. There's something that allows him to see in some form. Either it's like sonar based or I don't know what. Huh. Because he would always do that before he would actually start getting into something like trouble. What do you think of uh, just Harrison Ford in this movie? I think he's still Harrison Ford. Um, there's a moment right at the very end there where he, he kind of like flexes that Harrison Ford muscle that he has mm-hmm. uh, to kind of make a scene, make you feel something in a scene or maybe you shouldn't otherwise. Uh, yeah, he's still got it. Which scene are you referring to? The very last scene. So with the the doctor? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we're spoiling or what. I, I figure if you haven't seen the movie, you probably don't care about spoilers. I mean, I, I would say, what's what's your stance here? Are we going to talk like, like vagaries of this movie that's already pretty let's vague? Just, let's just go all in. So he's a replicant. Harrison Ford? Yeah. Seemingly. Uh, seemingly there's they don't quite totally confirm that but seemingly you could definitely read it that way mm-hmm. um i guess i wasn't totally crazy about like he's like literally just handcuffed in the back of a car that's sinking for one extended 20 minute sequence like it just seemed like a waste of harrison ford not that i wanted to see him like pick up a gun and like do action but maybe he had, he had demanded like i'm not standing up today on set i'm only sitting down so then Bill knew was like, fine. I didn't bring pants, so I'm not standing. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, uh, the the crazy, uh, what's her name? Love, I think. The, Love. Yeah, she was fucking creepy as hell. Yeah, she was she was perfectly creepy. Mm-hmm. So was Robin Wright? Was she also a replicant? Like everyone was a replicant in this, seemingly. No, she's just a cop. Are you she's sure? a human cop. I yeah. thought she was a replicant too. I feel like that's a real easy take. They're all replicants. They're all Cylons. Lieutenant Joshi replicant. I'm going to find this out. I'm going to hire a private detective to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Starting with following you. Okay. 14 questions need answering. This is going to take a while. Just give us all the results. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just crack this case open. Let's follow this case on. Twitter. I mean, she didn't seem to react that much when her hand was getting completely crushed. I think she's just playing it cool. Was uh, what's her face from *Halt and Catch Fire*? Mackenzie Davis. She was a replicant, right? Oh yeah, she was one hundred percent replicant. Yeah. yeah, she was in like the free replicant armor. Ar- armor. Right. I love it. That should yeah. have ascended. Yeah. It's pretty weird seeing like young CGI uh, Sean Young again. You know, I... 
found it creepy. Um, I saw I was, a lot of people were like, wow, the CGI is fantastic in that scene. And I was like, no, still creepy. It's always a little creepy, yeah. I wasn't really yeah. feeling the uh, Dave Batista replicant. No. I, I think that was the scene that should have been better since it was like the genesis for the rest of the plot. I guess I'm always wanting the replicants to be a little more artificial. Maybe that's what, you know, the entire point of the movie is the reverse of that. But it's like you're, you're looking for something there. Because they're, they're not really robots, right? They're kind of more like weird clones or something. No, I think they're more in the robot family. But mm-hmm. it gets very confusing to i think people like you and i like much like the cylons on battlestar galactica because it like seemingly they have like human innards Mm -hmm, for the mm -hmm. most part like they bleed blood and then i remember being really confused in the uh, scene somewhere in like the second season of battlestar galactica the obviously the the new one the newer one where it's like boomer like just plugs a cord from like the ship into her hand and she can like hack into something Mm. and i was just like you're going to have this character give birth to like a human child later. I I'm so confused. Um, yeah, I, I, they have blood, they have some kind of organs, but I think they're still more in the, the robot family, but they have some kind of brains that can't totally do empathy or mimic empathy. I, I saw some theories that like the end like isn't actually happening or something because the the snow is falling outside on Kay and then inside she's like making a memory with snow in it. I just like suggest like, you know, maybe part of that isn't real or that maybe Kay doesn't even exist or something like that. Or just that's like Kay was like it's a clearly designed a to be an ambiguous ending. Yeah, Kay was a subroutine in Deckard's brain or something like that. Hmm. Well, and then, of course, like the kind of pseudo Shane ending. It's like, does he die? Is he just staring upwards? A little bit of children, man. Yeah. Yeah. What would you think of uh, Ryan Gosling? I thought he was good in it. I mean, as good as he can be, I think he kind of nails. uh, It's it's something that like uh, Craig uses, you know, as his bond where it's like. There's not a lot of inflection for the most part, but it's not totally off-putting. Which again, the easy the easy thing is just, oh yeah, he's a replicant. You know, he's only supposed to be so emotional. It was weird how much of a parallel there was in the the sex scene between this and uh, her. Yeah, uh, I think this was probably a better version of that. Just the, the like the four hands, like the hands like kind of overlap each other, is already creepy. Yeah. Well, and just the the for the most part, like the imperfect sync of their bodies too. Mm-hmm. You think they could fix that with all that future tech, but I guess not. No, I don't know if I really agree with Leto about like the uh, progress of civilization coming on the backs of like slave labor. I don't think that really holds up, but it's Leto, so yeah. you figure that's kind of jackass statement he would make. It's a shame you can't uh, like debate that with him. Nah, I don't want to debate anything with Jared Leno. Probably just like throw a used condom at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's awful. Why is he still in movies? Seriously. Who the fuck wants a uh, Hugh Hefner movie? Why would you put money behind that? 
Oh, is it with him as Hefner? Yeah, yeah. Cast. Well, in general, who the fuck wants a yeah. Hugh Hefner movie? But why would she want one of Jared Leto? That sounds like hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like the movie the devil makes you green light. <laughs> were you at any point in the movie? Were you convinced that Kay was like this replicant Jesus son, or because I mean, they steer pretty hard into it? They do, and so. I was like, oh, okay. Um, they steer hard enough into it that I, I felt kind of like, well, what's what's the point now of like taking it away from him? And then, of course, the movie spells out for you pretty blatantly at that point, like it's going to be the doctor. And I remember thinking during that scene, she looked a little bit like, um, like, fa- like face structure wise, like Ryan Gosling. Hmm, okay. I wasn't sure if it's going to be like a brother sister thing or what. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was clear that they had there was something about that lady, the, you know, the memory inventor, like the, we spend a little mm-hmm. too much time getting to know this character. They must be important, you know? Uh, but I mean, overall yeah. I'd say I liked it. I thought visually there was a lot of cool stuff in the first half. I felt like there was a little too much where it was just like, just like gray mud basically on screen. Um, mm-hmm. Not, not literal mud, but just like it was like, you're just looking at a pea suit fog, you know? And, like futuristic smog, yeah. Yeah, and like I can only take so much of that, you know. It's like that's I'm not that amazed by the fact that you made this look really shitty, you know. Like I'd like to be able to see something. Uh, eventually, I felt you got to some locations that were a little more visually interesting, like Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, and then like that weird wall with that they kind of crashed up against and whatnot towards the end. Mm. I mean, I I generally enjoyed the moment where he shows her the memory and she, she kind of has the tear and says, it's a, it's a real memory. It was a good moment to hang on when they go back and they imply that, I don't know, like it's somehow her memory or she created the memory or something, you know, like it implies that there's a, there was a much deeper connection for her. She wasn't just touched by his sad human story there. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's something about the Blade Runner movies in general that has never quite captured my imagination. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned watching the original. I remember watching, like renting and watching the original because it was like, this is supposed to be this great classic movie. And I was just like, holy shit, this is boring. Yeah. Um, and since then, I've seen various. I don't know if I've ever tried to do a full rewatch or not, but I've definitely seen lots of it in pieces here and there. And it, to me, it's always been like, oh, this is cool production design, but it's not that great of a movie. Um, it doesn't seem like Harrison Ford's even trying that much. He's trying to punch Ryan Gosling in the face. Yeah. No, I mean in the original. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's he's. I mean, if you go back and read some of the stories, like he was not happy to be there. No. Not having a good time. Um. Yeah. I, this one, I don't know. Like, there's there's a lot of things that don't work for me. There's a few things I can consciously say, yeah, that worked for me. There's an atmosphere I just I enjoyed. It it all came together. I'm I'm curious to see it again and experience it i may not want to watch it for a long time after that the yeah the original i just same as you i i didn't enjoy it too much it was more confusing unnecessarily than need be with the the origami and the edward james almost character and the unicorn dreams um i want to say the one that i saw had the voiceovers that's the theatrical release yeah okay 
So, so the release Scott director's cut basically just takes out the voiceover and what else? I think it, it adds some more stuff to it. I think it's his cut is supposed to more, more directly imply that uh, Deckard is a replicant as opposed to the other one. Okay. But yeah, I can't say I I share the uh, like film geek love for the original Blade Runner like a lot of the other dudes do. I mean, it's pretty consistent. Like any any like film nerd conversation, I feel like Blade Runner is going to come up, and it's like, oh my god, the visual style is so amazing. But yeah, I've never been that into it myself. I think really, it's just the first time they've su- somewhat successfully done that Asian influence, future like city in live action. Yeah, but in like live action outside of like some anime movie. Well, were there anime movies before Blade Runner that were going for that vibe, or did Blade Runner influence anime? I'm not really sure, to be honest. I don't know, Chicken and Egg, which came first, that there was that kind of Japanese style, or there was, you know, like William Gibson, Blade Runner, cyberpunk stuff. I don't know. I feel like the the only thing I can take from the original Blade Runner is that... uh, I understood it enough to get the reference to it in Ready Player One. There you go. Which I recently read, by the way. Yes. So you ready for that movie? I am now. Yeah, I I still think the trailer for that is bad, but I understand it more now that I've read the book and can see what they're trying to do. Mm. Um, I mean, it can't be that bad. It's seen Spielberg, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Surely it won't be terrible, but I mean, even his movies that just didn't weren't for me, like War Horse, I watched not long ago, and it's, it's a strong movie. It's you know, it's Spielberg. Mm-hmm. All right, well, before we move on to our uh, creative stuff, any other thoughts on Blade Runner twenty forty nine, or do you want to talk about any other movies? You want to talk about the Mountain Between Us? Which we both saw last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I almost feel like we should have like a like a movie pass section on this podcast or something, like movie pass wrap up, because I'm seeing a lot of movies now, and I don't know if I have a ton to say about any of them. But yeah, the mountain between us. Um, have you mentioned that you got? Have you mentioned on air that you got the movie pass? I'm pretty sure I have. Okay, if I have it now. I have. There you go. Mm-hmm. And you're waiting on yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so anywhere in between two to five weeks <laughs> i mean i ordered like a week and a half ago so uh, maybe a couple more it weeks. could still be six more weeks yeah. <laughs> and then once i get it the company will go out of business i wasn't expecting the mountain between us to be as much of a romance as it was i guess um just because i felt like i'm not sure if they totally okay so you know obviously quasi spoilers here it's about idris elba and kate winslet like crash and like a mountain in Idaho or something and they have to like you know get to get to civilization and not die um, and it eventually becomes a romance it felt like they maybe didn't do quite enough to build that romance to me no I mean, not it's, at all. it's understandable like if you're if you're either of those people and you're trapped on a mountain with the other person like you're probably gonna bang but it <laughs> seemed like there was a lot of arguing but like Maybe not like the the tender moments building up to their romance. So I should say, I, 
you mentioned to me like a week and a half ago that you wanted to see this movie. And so I had seen a poster. I knew the name. I knew that Idris Elba and Kate Winslet were in it. That's literally all I knew. Oh, that and that the, the guy who does the music for Game of Thrones, the soundtrack. It's all I knew. So I really didn't know what to expect into this going into this movie. It's a fine movie, but I feel like my life would be exactly the same if I had never seen it. <laughs> a little slight, yeah. It didn't seem to nothing, know where to end. Nothing was necessary. It's filmed very bizarrely. A lot of close-ups that feel strange. It never like really feels like they're in a ton of danger. Well, there when they when they finally start making out, it like it has all these like kind of flashback cuts to like moments between the two of them so far in the movie, like to try to like convince you that like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a real, this is happening. This is, this is romance. And you're like, I just saw that. <laughs> like, I don't know if I really needed you to replay that for me. Like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. It's not a very long movie. I just saw this 10 minutes ago. Um, I, I guess we could talk about this for a little bit. I, I could jump around like the ending though. The ending was really poorly produced, right? How do you mean? I just felt like I was watching like a Hallmark movie quality production, but with two fairly strong actors in the, it, the trying weirdest, to make it work. The weirdest thing to me about the one of the last few scenes there is they're having this emotional conversation like at a restaurant, like getting lunch somewhere. And this, the waiter keeps coming up, this waitress. And it's just like, like right in the middle of like Kate Winslet's talking about how, like, I loved you on that mountain, but you know, I don't know if I can now or whatever she's saying, you know, and like, or the, water. The, well, the waiters drifted up like, you guys know, you guys want to want something to eat? And there's like, no. And so she drifts off. And then later she's like coming in to refill the water when Kate Winslet's probably taken literally like a single sip from her glass. Yeah. Like it does not need refilling. Well, it's it, like the, the SNL skit version of this is written. <laughs> well, it was weird because I don't know how you do that without like that had to be kind of a joke. You know, like I don't they're like they they told, you know, the direction of the movie has this waiter come up and do this. And so it had to be intentional. I I think it was supposed to be funny. I don't know. It was just really weird. I just needed that waiter to come in like three more times. <laughs> more more tea that you're just stirring and not sipping at all. Idris Elba. No, thank you. Um, but like, I just I felt like I was watching a commercial for for some kind of feminine hygiene product, you know, where she was just gonna be like, "I loved you on that mountain, Idris," but then I was worried about the smell, so I asked my doctor, and now I'm mm-hmm. I'm fresh as a oh. summer breeze or whatever. Oh. Like it just it, it just seemed like such a slight quality, like the weird close ups right before they part, only to come back together. Spoilers. Um, where yeah, she's was, looking right was, at us. He's it, kind of looking past us. I guess you could call that artistic, but yeah, I, I wasn't really feeling it. Which apparently that ending was a reshot thing too. So I'm kind of well, curious. Did they originally like, go the away? Ending? Like they just go on with their life? Well, do you think the original ending was just that he died in the bear trap? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Which would have been terrible, so. <laughs> it's like it's like a children's novel that we read in like, <laughs> like junior high or something. Well, yeah, so people who haven't seen this movie probably won't like they've they finally made it to like they're like on the outskirts of a like a lumber yeah like some kind factory, of lumber mill some, some sort of lumber mill situation but it's still like uh maybe like i don't know half a mile away you know through the snow like a flat ground but a hike and then like the they're dudes, celebrating they're celebrating then- all right just go get the dog who's like somehow been alive and kicking and totally fed and healthy through this whole not thing not eaten by the yeah. starving protagonist 
All I'm saying is they had a whole pilot's corpse there. They they oh, had no Tony, food problems. Bow bridges? That's good eating. Mm-hmm. That'll feed you for months. You don't even need to get to the dog. Yeah, but so bridges taste better than Jeff. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's probably savory seasoned meat. I don't know about that. I feel like a Jeff Bridges steak might be a little little less gamey. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Let me make tacos out of it. Uh, so he he steps in a bear trap right before chorizo. Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Just picture you trying to eat that, and you keep hearing that stupid voice that he uses in movies now. You know, oh I, boy! I tried to watch the Seventh Son. I made it like ten minutes in. Is it as bad as I think? It's amazingly bad. The go, just go listen to the We Hate movies on it. It'll probably be more entertaining. Okay. So anyway, he steps. Fucker steps in a bear trap. Interstellar does bear trap. Um, and he's like, ah, oh, you know, he can't walk. And so she, the one with the limp, who's like also fallen in the in the water at one point, the freezing water. Like she's not doing too well health wise, but she's got to go that last half mile or whatever and get help. And so she guts it out and gets there and basically collapses when like a truck sees her, you know, and stops and a dude rushes out and it kind of fades out. And you could really see the movie just being like she wakes up two days later. She's finally like conscious again. And she's like, my friend. And they're like, who? And like Idris Elba just like died out there of exposure from his bear trap wound. There's like an extended sequence where we'll get to this in a second where they're they're back in the real world and they're separated. And we're like, how does this movie end? How do you not become cast away? How do you deal yeah. with your PTSD and get back together? I kept thinking he was going to have like no foot. like They were going <laughs> to have amputated his foot. Well, I think uh, as as you said, when we were walking out of theater, you you knew what was going to happen when you saw who Kate Winslet's fiance was. Dermot Mulroney. You see that dude, and you're like, "Oh, okay, no, it's cool. She can leave that dude. It's it's all oh, gonna be fine." And he's got this—I don't know how you would describe his look. A little just salt like and this pepper, artsy salt and pepper because they're not really salt and pepper now, but like a little artsy, like kind of a, a like a like a bougie beard. Um, he has some dumbass speech to her about because she's like a like a, a war photographer or like some kind of photographer who goes and sees like wild adventures where she, you know, may not return. And he's just like, Oh, and that voice he does. I made a promise myself that, uh, I'd still love you if you didn't come back whole or whatever. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, it's, it's okay. Like it doesn't matter that she cheated on this dude. Cause he sucks. So, so the movie, it falls in that constant movie category where, they find some kind of port in the storm and then something immediately bad happens. And so it's like they're they're hiking and they're about to die and they're ready to give up. And then Idris Elba finds like a fuck cabin and he goes back to tell Kate Winslet like where he left her. Oh, hey, I found a fuck cabin. And, and she's she falls like, in the water. Yeah. Cause she's like, oh shit, I'm standing on a frozen lake. Dunk. <laughs> so he has to carry her back to the fuck cabin and like jury together like a, a, a syringe and like an IV of some kind to get saline from who knows where. But then it uh, it all works out. Like he's just like this might give you an infection. I don't know. But then it doesn't, and it never comes up again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, the more the more we talk about it, not the greatest movie. Um, no, I think it's it's Kate Winslet and Idris Elba are doing all the hard lifting. You know, I think the I mean the thing is obviously it's Dermot Mulroney. You're you're gonna leave him for Idris Elba if you can't. The thing about Idris Elba to me is I. I absolutely think he's like a good-looking, attractive dude. I feel like there, there's always a coldness to him. 
Like, I never felt like a lot of connection between them, except for very sparse moments. Well, they were arguing a lot and not in a, not in a, oh, can't you guys see that you like each other kind of way? Like, they're just arguing, you know? Yeah, well, like they're complete strangers who eventually have sex because he's finally opened up to reveal to her that, like, his his wife died. His wife, which was obvious from the get go, that was not like a surprise when they revealed that. Yeah, his wife played by Sonal Nathan in a photograph and a a recorded message. But um, I guess my thing of interest was I always think back to the thing in the office where like Kelly's just like, you don't know the effect you have on women, and he's like, I do. Yeah, that (laughs) that was definitely in my mind watching this movie. All in all, uh, if you have movie pass, maybe see it. If not, maybe don't. Yeah, just just fucking pass on this movie. <laughs> it's just these weird close-ups, like on the crash. So you can't always tell what's happening. Which it seemed to want to be want to be taken more seriously than it is. Yeah, I just kind of kept thinking like about Lost. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shouldn't you do that thing when you're crashing where you get like the uh, inflatable raft and you both jump out and like ride that? Yeah, yeah, like a sled. I kept wanting them to to make a toboggan or something, like save some time. You know, and and just be like, I saw this in Temple of Doom. It'll work. Mm-hmm. And that's when they find your body at the bottom of a cliff somewhere. <laughs> the funny thing is, tangled up on a. a rubber uh what was that an inflatable raft yeah yeah they're never gonna find Bo bridge's body <laughs> no and they didn't even need him <laughs> which yeah they they should have i mean if they're gonna eat that um that cougar or whatever it was yeah they ate the cougar could have eaten the dog anyway yeah. before we uh get to our little creative uh Part of the podcast here i did want to talk a little bit about the foreigner just like one scene that kind of freaked me out update okay. notes here real quick so i'm gonna try to like spoil this as little as i can it's like um why i don't know just you know who's this movie cool. for not jackie chan fans really like i think jackie chan movie. fans think it's for them but it's not really a jackie chan movie which I don't know who Jackie Chan fans are. I really don't. But like, let me. There's lots of Jackie Chan. So my perspective, which is probably the perspective I'm going to assume for a lot of our audience. I've only seen like a commercial or a trailer and I wasn't going to go see this movie. And it looks like a taken ripoff of Jackie Chan as an old man. But it's apparently not. No. Okay. No, it's like an IRA political thriller. Anyway, like the IRA, there's like a new IRA kind of radical subset of the main IRA and they're bombing again. Blah, 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 whatever. This one scene, the, the audience reaction kind of freaked me out. So at, at, it's, at a certain point in the movie, it's time for some some IRA terrorists to get got, right? Uh, they're going to like storm the safe house. Like the, I don't know, is that MI5 or who who that would be in, in the UK? Um, there's like four, four bad guy IRA terrorists and then one woman who's part of them too. Mm. And so it all goes down. Everyone gets shot. They're all dead except for the woman. She's just injured. And then, like, MI5, like, brings in, like, the torturer or whatever, like, get some information out of her. And they get the info they need to, like, stop, like, uh, something from happening, in, you know, in time, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the the commander or whatever, 
you know, back like in the observation post, like watching everything go down. He's like, all right, like no loose ends or something like that. And so the MI5, they're just like two rounds in the, in the chest of this lady who's a captive and still alive. They just, they just execute her. Is this Orla Brady? The uh, actress? No, no, it's Charlie Murphy. I believe is the actress. Okay. It's a weird name for an actress for sure. Um, so they they execute her, and the audience cheers like really loudly. Your movie, <laughs> and it was really weird. Like they didn't cheer when any of the other IRA terrorists got killed. I don't know. It's like, are they cheering because they just killed a woman? Is it because they just like the government just illegally executed somebody in custody? Like, why did this get the cheer? I and mean, granted, she had like murdered a lot of people. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just really weird. Like it was kind of like chilling that like that was the thing that really got the audience like got their blood moving. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if anyone else has seen this movie. I'm curious to know if your audience reacted the same way. Like tweet tweet at us uh, head cannon pod. I'm just I'm I'm. Is it just like the weird crowd I was in? Like I'm in like suburbs in a red district. Like I don't know. So is Jackie Chan's daughter Cho Chang? Is that the same actor? Is it Katie Loon? I don't know. She's, I don't she's have scholar. the IMDb in front of me. Why are you asking this question? It might have been. I, I, don't, I don't know how you don't. So how was how was Irish James Bond in this movie? I mean, Pierce Brosnan is... he's. I wouldn't call it a comeback necessarily because I don't think this movie's getting that good of reviews, but he's doing something good in this movie. I wouldn't call it a comeback. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, I guess that was Cho Chang as the daughter. Yeah, R.I.P. She gets <laughs> she gets whacked pretty quickly. It's just pretty funny to me when you're just like, so then so and so's love interest, played by Charlie Murphy, shows up, and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought he was dead. <laughs> anyway, that that was the one thing that stuck out to me in that movie is that the audience really liked seeing her get executed. Didn't you see um, Pearl Harbor in the theater? Yeah, I think so. Way back when. Was there a lot of like cheering <laughs> at like American ships being bombed and things like that? Not that I recall really now. Okay. No, I, I, I can't remember any kind of extreme audience reaction one way or the other so, at that movie. I'm trying to remember story you've told me before i want to ask you what your weirdest audience moment in in a movie is and i'm going to guess it's probably bad santa that was the most most hilarious probably okay let's share that story it's not much of a story it's just a bunch of people who were in the audience for bad santa apparently thought that this was just like a happy christmas movie and uh, they they were just kind of shocked and like getting up and leaving the theaters in twos and threes. One guy saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, grandmother. I didn't know the movie was going to be like this." As he leaves, it was which was to me and my friends watching the movie made it even more funny because of that. Oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned to you the other day, but I should mention the podcast. The couple behind me, who I eventually asked to move, um, you asked them to move. I did. I hmm. did. How'd that um, go? They they moved over five seats um, because they knew they were annoying because like 15 minutes before the end of the movie, they're just like, who's Deckard? I don't know who who's Joe. I'm interested. You didn't ask them to be quiet. You asked them to move. I did. Okay. Interesting. 
You're just like, hey, could you go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. They obviously needed each other. Like they needed the the reassurance and the questioning of the plot to each other. I just didn't need it near me. All right. Well, I mean, have you ever had that thing where you you get to a movie slightly early, and you sit down, and then as the movie starts to fill up, because you're like, why did I get here so early? Like a group comes in, and like between you and the next person, there's like five seats, but this group has six. And they ask you to uh, to move over. No, I don't think anyone's ever done that to me. Of course, you know how I feel about that. Um, just, uh, just, just for my my satisfaction. What would you say? No, exactly. I mean, if there is a I, usually, if I if I know a movie is going to be full, I don't go for like the one seat buffer, right? Mm-hmm. But if like this is like a mostly empty theater, I'll, I'll go for the buffer. If if I if I know like if I'm going to see like the Last Jedi, I'm not going to sit down like one seat away from everyone else. Like I'm just going to scoot on in, you know. No, <laughs> good luck getting that yeah. one seat buffer in the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. No, but I I would have already made the decision of where I wanted to sit. Mm-hmm. And if you're asking me to move, then there's probably somewhere else you can sit. Would be my feeling. Mm-hmm. I I believe I picked this <laughs> the seat very purposefully. Okay, well, now we've established what huge assholes we are. Uh, Massive. It's well, like to the point where someone should hire a private detective and send them after us. Or just well, me. Actually, just, just you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not that bad. So, I'll, I'll get give, creative. I'll give up all your info. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just saying it's all you would. that guy. You would. And then you're just like, <laughs> you'd go back to eating your uh, your leg of lamb or your leg of bow bridges. You want a little boat bridges in the doggy bag? Please. Private dicks? Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't know. Would you maybe get like a contact high from that, though? From Jeff Bridges? Uh-huh. Oh. Psychedelic cannibalism. Hmm. <laughs> Your probationary period is over. You're fired. Bye bye. <laughs> Oh my god, R.I.P.D. just sounds like the worst movie I've ever heard of. I've never seen trailers for that and thinking why why no one's going to go see this movie is going to bomb terribly and did. Anyways, let's... It wasn't just that it had Ryan Reynolds. It was the fucking, like, cowboy Jeff Bridges. He does not want to let go of that accent. Yeehaw! He, like, mastered it for, um... Uh, what was the name of that movie? Crazy Heart? Crazy something? No, no. The Coen Brothers one. I think it was Coen Brothers, right? Um... With Haley Stanfield. Oh, True Grit? True Grit. Yeah, it's like he, he got that accent down, just doesn't want to give it up now. I'm John Wayne. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's let's get creative. It's so orig- cre- originally we were gonna just do like a story generator from TVTropes.com, but um in the news recently, some of the female cast members of the Marvel movies have been agitating for an all female Avengers movie. So we thought it'd be fun to kind of mm. come see if we can come up with an idea of what that would be. Hmm. So I guess the first question is, do you include like Gamora and Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy or not? Sure. But my bigger thing is, can you bring in characters that wouldn't fall under the 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 stuff that like Fox would own? Oh, no, hmm. I think it's got to be an MCU thing. OK, but I, I mean, th- I'm talking about the characters that should, as is understood by what is what. Like are just waiting for a debut. What are you like, talking they could, about? So like Squirrel Girl. 
she's in a you TV know you show want Squirrel out, Girl. I don't know if you really do. Breakout I, character of whatever I, year that show comes out. I feel like you'd actually have a very big cast if you brought everyone in who's around already. I'm not. I'm not saying like bring in just like every female character that you could, but like. I like the option of Squirrel Girl. I mean, I don't want like uh, like Dagger from Cloak and Dagger. No, I, I think you got to leave the TV stuff out of it. Okay. I mean, because you figure you got from Guardians of the Galaxy, you got Gamora, you got Nebula, Pepper Potts' Rescue, Agent 13 from Captain America, um, Maria Hill, she's got to be in there, um, Scarlet Witch, Black Widow. Uh, I believe her name is Shuri, who I think is like Black Panther's sister, if I'm not mistaken. I, my Black Panther lore is very bad. Yeah, I, I'm afraid I don't know a lot of uh, Jack Kirby's Black Panther characters. Um, I mean, I, I'm definitely intrigued, having seen the new trailer that came out just today. But mm-hmm. oh, so is uh, Black the guy hmm. is uh, the guy who was Johnny Storm and on the wire? Is he the bad guy? What? Oh, oh! Did, did you did you watch the trailer? Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. That, there you that's go. That's who you mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the villain, or a villain at least. He's like uh, he's Creed Junior, right? Is Apollo Creed Junior? So. Yeah, okay. I, I think he's Creed's son. I, I hadn't seen that movie. Okay. He's, he was on the only season of The Wire you watched, I believe. Oh no, you saw season two as well. Mm-hmm. So Shuri, she is daughter okay half sister all right that's what i thought yeah so yeah you get her in there um the wasp from ant-man get your kate austin in there kate elf mm-hmm. who am i forgetting i feel like i'm forgetting uh maybe jane foster i really don't think natalie portman wants to come back so because <laughs> i said last night can we get jane foster in there i i i, I would not be surprised if natalie portman is like no thanks. Have fun, guys. Hey, Jane Foster, I believe, is still currently Thor in the comic books. Or in like, like, but there's another Thor too, maybe or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really follow it. Uh, what about what's her name from uh, Two Broke Girls, who was like Jane Foster's buddy? I th- I think we could get her back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like if you if you're gonna do an all Avengers movie, you, you want to go big. You want to get everyone right. This is like the big having a party team up movie. Like you don't want to skimp. Uh, so who are we forgetting? If there was a way to get Peggy Carter back, I don't really know if there is, but flashbacks. Yeah, maybe some flashbacks or something. Well, and I mean, did you mention Captain Marvel? Uh, we haven't mentioned Captain Marvel, but yeah, she'd have to be in it. I mean, I'd like to get Miss Marvel, but I mean, I'll take Captain Marvel. Uh, I don't think I'll take uh, Mockingbird. No, no TV stuff. Any only films, I think, is what you got to go with this. Um, but that still gives you Pepper. Jane Foster, Agent 13. I feel oh, like we're God. still forgetting someone major. Sif? Can I trade Oh, in yeah. Sif no, you get Pepper? Sif and Valkyrie. That's what I'm forgetting. Yeah, I mean, Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, who was the one who said this should be a female yes. Marvel character. Yeah, please don't <laughs> they make <forget> it. her. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you want to be in it? Wow, this is awkward. Yeah, I'd like to trade both of them in for Pepper Potts, please. I, I, I guess I can't, have, I can't have Claire. Oh, Claire? Yeah, Claire Temple. Rosario Dawson. Sorry. Oh. Uh, you're just throwing out Claire. Like, oh yeah, Claire. Fucking Claire. Remember hey, her? If you, 
if you've had to sit through like the defender i have an iron fist you just you just hang everything <laughs> on calling wing and claire no only no tv just no tv no netflix okay no agents of shield sorry clay bennett but you just gotta you gotta draw a line somewhere no melinda may no do they still call not. her the calvary not really no that that was always just like a nickname that she hated okay um but yeah sif and valkyrie those would be two good ones. What would the plot be? You didn't like the plot I pitched yesterday. What was it? The, the, all the men fall into a coma or something? Like all the men on Earth are like petrified or something like that. Hmm. So there's something to like incapacitate the men. And then it's like, it's like basically just like party time for a while until they eventually decide to do something about it. <laughs> party time. Like they just go to a discotheque and start dancing. I just see them like. Like getting out like the hand truck and like, you know, putting like 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 Tony Starks in the middle of saying something in his mouth's like open in an awkward way and they just like put him on the hand truck and like wheel him into a warehouse somewhere and just leave him there. And like I just see like they go to like a like a disco and like they're all drinking and dancing and Black Widow's just like firing off guns, like woo. I don't think she's um, that irresponsible. So here's my question. Like, does that mean that your villain has to be female because there's no men? Um, are you trying to like go solely female cast? I feel like he'd have to do something, or like Doctor Strange is like fucking around with some artifact, and like he's the one who screws it up. But maybe it spawns some villain. It doesn't have to be female, but I don't know. I, I could go either way on that. You know, I can I can see the arguments both ways. I mean, can we take it one step further and just have all the men like just blinked out of a existence temporarily? My main concern there would be like how much. Like how many planes are crashing and whatnot, you know, like how many car accidents are happening? Lots. Like, is there a way that you could do that? And I don't know, maybe just like time stops for everyone but women or something like that. Maybe. What about Nebula? Is Nebula in there? Yeah, okay. sure. And they don't all have to be on the same side necessarily. Mm. Um. Is it Hela or it's Hela, right? Hela or Hela? Yeah. Hela just sounds like something we say in Northern California. So. <laughs> Hela. Yeah, if you can get Kate Blanchett back, I think you go for that. Shit, yeah, the ultimate future Arya. You've got a pretty wide variety of powers there. You know, you've got like fighters like Black Widow. You've mm. got like crazy witch telekinesis, Scarlet Witch, and like. Gamora and like the Guardians <laughs> people. Do you bring back Tilda Swinton? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I think you leave her. <laughs> we don't bring back the ancient problematic one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you probably don't bring her back, but um, I, I wish there was a Spider-Man character you could bring in. Like there, there, there's no Black Cat that's been introduced or anything like that. So I guess you're kind of stuck. You can't bring anyone from the Spider-Man world. I mean, no, you can bring in, just... like, what are they calling her, Michelle now or whatever, but I don't know what yeah. you'd have to contribute to anything. Yeah, there's just Michelle. Or, um, what's her name? Betty Brant? Oh, yeah, bring Jennifer Connelly back. <laughs> no, 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 that's uh, that's Betsy Ross. Betty Brant is from Spider-Man. Oh, right, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Betty's. And actually, I, it's not Jennifer Connelly anymore, it's Liv Tyler now, right? Isn't it? Yeah, kind of. but I, I feel like they don't give a shit anymore. Hence <laughs> yeah. the, the Black Widow thing. 
True, uh, true. Uh, Darcy thinking. Lewis. That was what her, the character's name. I was trying to remember that forever. Um, Darcy the Thor Lewis. movies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cat Dane's character. What? Oh, you could maybe bring in the Doctor from Avengers: Age of Ultron. His name I can't remember, but the one. Oh, the uh, the Chinese Doctor. Mm-hmm. I think she's Korean, yeah. but yeah. Okay, well, but I mean, I know she had more scenes in like the the released only in China cut. Probably, yeah. I think they figured out that doesn't work. No, like I, I think they figured that out because they kept doing that. Um, hmm. Yeah, pandering turns out not the greatest audience director. But yeah, I think I'm trying to think if there's anyone forgetting. Like, you want I would bring in the character's name is apparently Beth. She is the waitress from the first Avengers movie. Oh, her the something like, Johnson, Ashley Johnson, Ashley just like Johnson, small, yeah. small stuff, but just like I don't know, some kind of tendril of like the the women who I don't know throughout these movies. I think she does like the voice acting in The Last of Us, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. But you figure because it's an Avengers movie, they've got to fight each other at least a little bit, right? Like that's that just happens in all. Well, all but so ups. or is the joke that they don't? I mean, yeah, you can go the other way. Too. Like, do you do the thing where they're about to start to fight and they're, they're just like, like let's stop. talk they're it like, out? Yeah. Well, they're just like, I don't think we have anything to prove. <laughs> we don't need the ruler here, guys. I think that's plenty of uh, action potential there with all those different characters. <laughs> the movie's just called The Avengers. Me too. That's tacky. <laughs> uh, yeah, when you first brought up this uh, idea, my concern was that you wanted to do some kind of shitty gender swap thing. Call it gender swap? No, no, no. That's not. I don't mean like the female characters. I thought you wanted to do one of those like dumb things where it's like female Captain America, female this, you know, which would be fine if they actually had those characters. But like, I mean, you kind of already had those characters in the Marvel movies as it is. I was, I was trying to picture just like a woman with an eye patch playing like Nick Fury or whatever. I mean, Maria Hills, she's the Nick Fury protege. You know, I don't know. Like, I feel like. They, Marvel has not been great as far as you know diversity goes, and you know more roles for women. But nope, they're they're not absolutely terrible. I wouldn't say either. You know, like there there is a foundation there that could be built on and and should be built on a lot more than it has been. But I I, I don't think there's nothing there. You know, there's at least there's enough to know. support a movie for sure. Easily, there's an understanding that a that a Black Panther movie is important. That a Captain Marvel movie is important, you know. There should have been a Black Widow movie like four years ago, probably. Yeah, or longer. Mm-hmm. I want to say the Captain Marvel one got bumped back because of Spider-Man, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that was the one that got moved, yeah. They had to make room for Spider-Man. But yeah, it's it's crazy that, they, that Wonder Woman, of all movies, was like the first major female-led comic book movie. When... DC can't find its ass with a map and they only started like recently. Yeah. I think I want to say a very fun movie. Um, oh, 
But I want to say Lizzie Kaplan is in like one of the the DVD movies in, that go with the Avengers. Yeah, she's in the like Item Forty Seven, I think it's called, or something like that. So she's like technically like a Shield agent, or was that? No, that she point? was like a criminal or something. She's, but like she gets recruited to Shield at the end of it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, so can I can I trade in Lizzie Kaplan for Maria Hill? No, why would you do that? Not, I'd not a fan of Kobe Smolders. I don't dislike Colby Smolers, but if I could have a Lizzie Kaplan, if I could have both, sure. Okay. I just, I don't know why you'd want to get rid of Maria Hill. I mean, if anything, she's one of the more established female characters in the Avengers uh, MCU universe. I feel like it doesn't say a lot. She's not in that much. Okay. So I guess my thing is I almost want this movie to pardon the ridiculous pun, like balls of the wall, like go like Avengers, Infinity War, like levels of cast. Like, let's just get all the ladies. That's what I'm saying, but limited okay. to the movies. That's that's my only caveat there. Okay. Because they just continuity wise, they haven't done the work to make the TV shows or the Netflix stuff fit in. So I'd rather not bother. But with I it. wouldn't. I wouldn't call it something like the Avengers or some kind of like funny pun. You know, for the fact that they're ladies. I know there's like a. a a Marvel team called like Lady Liberators. Don't call them Lady Liberators. That's terrible. Um, come up with like a cool team name. I mean, I I know like the Defenders. It's like a generic team name that's been passed around a thousand times. Like find one of those and give it to them. Could it just, just be another ball. Avengers movie, just with like a subtitle? I I guess. Um, I'd almost like, like this Avengers to, like, you know, End of Mankind. I'd almost like this to be like. Uh, like a a pilot to like be like its own like you know let's do three of these well, you could always do another one yeah. just come up with another reason i mean it, it like it doesn't have to be like all the dudes are petrified i'm just thinking of a way to isolate out the men from it i guess you don't necessarily need to do that but i do feel like you'd at least be wondering like if there's like crazy shit going down like where's where's iron man you know like, are they all at a retreat or something? He's hungover. Yeah. He couldn't make it. <laughs> we couldn't afford Tony on this one, guys. <laughs> I mean, there's the old, uh, we don't need them. We're going to solve this on our own type of thing. But That's that's why I was kind of like, maybe like have them go to another planet. That's a long way to go. I mean, like a, like a Marvel or an X-Men thing where they. Is it, um, is it like, like Nebula's bachelorette party or something? And so they all just. <laughs> Hop on a no, ship and take I, off. I would I would do like uh like one of the old like Marvel like secret secret war things, like some alien um kidnap them all and so like they have to like like they start out like having fun trying to get back home and then it's like, it's like now planet they have Hulk, to, like, but with women. Yeah, like now they have to like save like some kind of alien planet. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm not opposed to it. That could be, you know, another plot line. I guess here's the thing about part this type two. of movie. Mm-hmm. The sky's the fucking limit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see any real reason why they couldn't do one of these other than just dragging their feet, I guess. You know, um, they're finally doing a Captain Marvel movie. They, they keep making all this noise about how the fourth Avengers movie is supposed to be like this crazy, like there's going to be some milestone in the MCU. Things are going to change after this, right? To the point where it's like the the story as we know it's going to end or something or whatever, yeah. Which I, I assume means recasting. I mean, who who's the most expensive there? Scarlett Johansson, probably. 
I would say either her. I would say for Marvel, it's probably uh, Robert Downey Jr. Of the women, obviously, is what I'm asking. Oh, oh, oh then Scarlett Joe, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we were talking about the Avengers and the, and the, yeah. the future in the Marvel movies, so that's why I mentioned, you know. Yeah, no, Downey makes like a fucking $75 million on each of these movies. It's insane. Um, Scarlett Johansson gets a lot of money, though. Like, mm-hmm. I want to say she's clearing at least $20 million on these. Good. I wonder, other than her, though, like, this would probably be a, a much cheaper cast than, like, your typical Avengers movie just because of the way Hollywood works, I imagine. I'm not saying they shouldn't get paid or anything, but like I feel like you could you could bring a lot more in than you could for an Avengers movie. Since they're gonna pay all these actors like seventy five cents on the dollar, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Agent Thirteen needs to be doing more as it is. She's been in like two movies now, and it's like had like three scenes or something. Yeah. I when I heard the thing that they were going to bring on the Avengers show, I or the Shield show, I was mm-hmm. like, "It's stupid that you didn't." Maybe she's just like, "No, I only want to stay in the big leagues." Well, no, I mean, she said, "I don't know what the the, the hiccup was, but she was into it." Hmm. I don't know if it was like scheduling or money or what. But. I mean, her and Captain America's kiss in Civil War was a little like, "Where is this coming from?" kind of thing. Because there's no fireworks. Because he just kind of had a little bit of chemistry with black widow in uh captain america 2 and, and then he's just had like no scenes with agent 13 like at all and yeah. it's like oh you guys are going out now okay well i didn't get the impression they were going out it was just like this was kind of a thing that was like a foregone conclusion so they were just going to get it off the table before they parted ways okay i feel like captain america probably thinks they're going steady he's, to him they he's, probably he's are fashion yeah yeah she winked at him, and so he's probably out buying a ring. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean that, man. <laughs> Peggy, before you die, can I have that ring back? One of these days, niece? one of these days, we need to do a deep dive on uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron to just talk about how weirdly Whedon screwed the pooch with uh, his Black Widow uh, role there. Not, I, and I, I have a lot of disagreements about like the kind of like general read on that role. Um, Because a lot of people just ended up misquoting lines from the movie about it. But like it was like he had one idea and the Civil War Winter Soldier people had a different idea for that character. And like he was just like, fuck it. I'm doing my idea anyway. You know. Sounds like you want to get into that now. No, we don't need to do right now. We've been talking for a while, but I mean, Captain America's probably a virgin, right? Um. Maybe not anymore. I don't know. What's what's his status with Agent Thirteen right now? Is he like? Is he? Isn't he like living in Wakanda at the end of? Uh... Uh, she's CIA. I feel like she can she can hitch a ride over there. If she needs. Am, to. I, am I remembering Civil War right? Like yeah, he's he, in he's, Wakanda. He's in Wakanda at the end. They put love... they put Bucky in like a freezer. That's right. I hope we don't see an inch of him in Black Panther. Probably not. Maybe I, like post credit scene. Like, I got it. I yeah. got it. Steve, just whatever, whatever you need. We we got holodecks here. <laughs> it's Wakanda, bitch. Maybe maybe it's just amazing. He's just like going to get some more ice for like his beer, and you see Bucky's in the background there. <laughs> just I want to see him. Like he's still working through like the pop culture list. <laughs> <laughs> he's like watching all these like reruns of Kardashians or something because somebody brought it up to him. <laughs> Whoever brought that up to him, he needs to unfriend them. He needs to learn <laughs> what unfriending is and then do that. 
he's like hitting people up for like Taylor Swift albums. Mm. People are sending him long emails explaining all the references in the Taylor Swift music video. And he's like, I didn't get any of those references. So she's a snake, right? (laughs) I thought it's a bad thing. Or two. Hydra, right? Okay. Well, I think we've talked long enough. Yeah, that's more than enough. We'll be back next time to... I don't know. We'll have to figure out. We should not talk about as many movies, I feel like. I don't want to like spoil people's movie going experiences too much, but uh, we'll see what we have to talk about next week. Yeah. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.